been journeying with St. James since we began reading from that book, we can see that we have made a lot of progress. A lot of progress. And now we're in the chapter 5 of the book of James. And it's very good that if you are very conscious of the liturgical calendar, and if you have some miniature the, um, lectionary, like Abide in My Word or this collection publication, it is good to just help yourself when the church takes up a reading and it is becoming consistent that you go back to the entire book and read it yourself. Read it yourself. But what the church does is they pick a handful. They're not reading the whole book, but they just take a handful from it. So for you to be able to follow up and get the entire scope of what the Lord will be communicating, it's good that you on your own take your Bible, read through the whole thing. In a one week you can finish it, but the readings can last about three weeks sometimes, you know. Very, very good for anyone who is interested in growing and waxing strong in the Word of God. And so James says, is any among you suffering or afflicted? Let him pray. In other words, the antidote to suffering and affliction is prayer. When you are bound, when you are afflicted, go and pray. Go and pray. Not to go and complain. Go and pray. Seek the face of God. When the glory of God comes upon you, when you soak yourself with the presence of God, that affliction has option that to be lifted. Show me a man who prays fervently, and I will show you a man who lives and enjoys the glory of divine liberty. The presence of God makes a whole lot of difference. Soak your life in prayer. Don't just pray small prayers. Spend time. Sometimes give up your sleep and pray. Very important. It must come as a decision. If you are going to wait when you are going, you are going to wait for when you feel like praying to pray, you will never go anywhere. As a matter of fact, it is that time it's more difficult to pray that your prayer is more effective. Yes. Those days you are praying and sleep is coming. Those days you, are, you don't feel like praying, you are praying, the whole thing looks dry. That is when you are really hitting at the crux of the matter. Be encouraged to pray. Be encouraged to pray. He says, is anyone cheerful? Let him sing. Worship. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Is it among you sick? Let him come for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him. And anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith. We save the sick man. The prayer of faith. Who are the elders of the church? Who are the elders? You know, people think that because, ah, maybe they are something like me, and I'm, I'm roughly over 15 years old in the priesthood. They say, ah, you know, he has gone far. He has celebrated his 10th uh, anniversary. He has celebrated 20 years and all that. To be elder in this context is not by years. No. It is by the degree to which you have grown in the spirit. You can see somebody who is just 14 years old, 20 years old, but has become an elder in the spirit. Because a person has allowed himself to 
be cooked in the womb of the Holy Spirit and has been born. When John was preaching, was he speaking like a young boy? No. He was speaking like an elder in the spirit. When Jesus went to meet with the, uh, the Pharisees and the scribes in the temple, at the age of 12, he was contesting with them, you know, about the power and the glory of the word of God. For three good days, he had a spellbound, and they wondered at the wisdom that was flowing through him. That's an elder in the spirit. John, describing this in 1 John chapter 3, he says, I write to you, children, because your sins are forgiven you. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, elders, because you have known the, the, you have known the Lord from the beginning. All those three things matter a lot. Children are those who are still conscious of sin. Any small sin that comes can have access to their soul. You know, the sin can poke into the many hearts. That's the children. No matter how, how someone is, you know, as long as he can see compromise to all kinds of, the, what they call the elemental forces and energies that come to you. Yeah, I see a child in the spirit. Maybe in church for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, you know. Now you have to grow out of it. When you grow out of it, then you begin to walk in righteousness. Righteousness becomes what? Becomes your passion. And Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. So when you begin to grow in righteousness, when righteousness becomes your desire and your mandate every day, you tell yourself, I refuse to bend. I refuse to worship. I refuse to yield to the demand of this world. And righteousness begins to wail in your heart. Then you have become what? A young man in the spirit. Then when you begin to move and transcend that level to knowing mysteries of the kingdom, and your life is being governed by mysteries, not because you like it, but you are spellbound by a mystery you have come to know in God. And so you cannot live your life anyhow any longer. What controls your life and shapes your life are mysteries of the kingdom. You have become an elder in the spirit. You can handle matters. You can deal with infirmity. You can deal with the devil. You can deal with sickness. That's why he said, let the elders of the church pray for him and anoint him. And the prayer of faith, it is those who begin to you know, dwell in the mysteries. These are the ones who grow in faith, who have the ability to have access to the substance of life. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. They have not seen it, but they, are, they have known the mysteries. In the class, these three classes, where do you belong? Are you see a child in the spirit? Are you now a young man in the spirit? Or are you an elder? So we must understand the organigram of how the Holy Spirit is taking us. The prayer of a righteous man. That man that has said no to the devil, he sees every element of sin as the devil coming to compromise his soul and reveal the devil. He said, the prayer of a righteous man has great power in its effects. But in prayer, it has no effect. You pray, 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 nothing happens because you lack the power. You lack the energy that powers your prayer. Righteousness powers your prayer. Yes. Righteousness powers your prayer. It makes your prayer effectual. You know? Elijah was a man of like passions, like ourselves. But he prayed fervently that he might not reign. What type of prayer is this? Fervent prayer. Prayer that consumes you. Prayer that you pray with all your heart, with all your soul. It's called a prophetic prayer. 
and the prophetic prayer is a prayer that governs you through knowing the mysteries of the kingdom. And the mysteries of the kingdom are locked up in the word of God. When they are praying, they are making decrees based on the word of God. You substantiate the prayer point you are making with the word of God. And you know that God cannot say no to his word. And he must bring his word to us. That's what makes prayer powerful. Fervent prayer. Effectual. In his word, it's in mission. This is a level of desire to get into that level. We must desire it. Because this is where God is going to be waiting for us. He says, finally, my brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that what whoever brings back is sinner from the error of his ways will save his own soul from death and will cover a multitude of sin. This is the Blessings for those who are so winners. Those who are interested in sinners come back to God. You know, I remember I was sharing with us the three levels of love, right? The second level is what? Love for sinners. The first is what? Hmm? The first level of love is what? Have we forgotten? The first level of love is what? <laughs> Refusing to take offense. Living beyond offenses. Not everything you know, you see. Everything angry over everything. Every time anger. Unforgiveness, no, no, live beyond that level. That's the first level of love. It's not level of love to have passion for sinners. When you see people who need this, don't blame them. You see, you see, as your responsibility, that it's because we're not praying enough for them to express Christ. You pray for them. You leave your troubles, you leave all your regrets, and pray for them. Jesus Christ is so scribe. You know, he made one cry for praying for sinners, even Christ himself. And the last dimension of love is what? Love for the kingdom. You know, interest in the kingdom. You want the kingdom to advance in the hands of the enemy. And so you are ready to do anything to promote the kingdom. So we thank God for the opportunity. We are the ones that to choose where to key in and be relevant to the God who has created you wonderfully and fearfully. May God bless us that has through Christ our Lord.